0: Hello everybody, so welcome back to Coffee Protocol Podcast. This is your host, Baristan Bikes. We'll continue the episode where where we left last time, in the last episode. Now we will speak with Ajoy in this episode more about how his childhood was, uh, how his upbringing at the estate was, and more importantly, his take and his side of the story about coffee and coffee plantation during the era before coffee got decentralized. Let's catch up with Mr. Ajoy again. Here we go. How things were before coffee got decentralized. So that is a 1992-93.
1: When you say central exercise, it's almost like uh, your liquor. Correct. Uh, that's how strict they were. Mm-hmm. So you had to account for every bean that came out of your plantation.
0: What is it that you drink in terms of coffee?
1: Uh, I. Uh, I typically drink uh, uh, a blend of coffee powder mm-hmm. which has, I think between fifteen to twenty percent of chicory. Mm-hmm. and uh, it's a medium uh, roast of uh, arabica mm-hmm. and uh, very fine uh, grind uh, ground uh, powder. Mm-hmm. It's not coarse, mm-hmm. very fine. And uh, uh, typically, I like to add, uh, uh, like, if I were to make a cup, mm-hmm. a quarter of the cup would be the coffee decoction, mm-hmm. the rest would be milk, mm-hmm. and I would have it with sugar. Correct. Yes. And it tastes amazing. <laughs>
0: I, I like that. Now, uh, now, one question is about when you were younger. Yeah. So, because most of us, like, even when I grew up, I mean, probably coffee came into me. In my life, pretty late, and most of the current generation, like for example, um, Pranoy, for example, he's he's the fifth generation. He's the fourth generation. He is now getting into coffee, and obviously, the scenario of coffee now is different, and probably back then it was very different. I've only known about the state um, verbally of how things were before coffee got decentralized. So that is in 1992 93. How was it back then? Like, when I say how was it, like, what would be the major differences between then and now? See, uh,
1: one of the, the most glaring differences would be mm-hmm. uh, since we were a completely controlled market, mm-hmm. we were under the central excise. Correct. Uh, coffee being an excisable commodity, mm-hmm. uh, it was highly regulated. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, uh, when you say central excise, it's almost like uh, your liquor. Correct. Uh, that's how strict they were. Mm-hmm. So you had to account for every bean that came out of your plantation. Wow. You couldn't sell it anywhere else, but through an authorized coffee board agent, which was the curing works. And they oh, okay. were authorized co- coffee curing centers. Okay. You could not go out and sell it in the market anywhere. If wow. you were caught, then they, you could be criminally prosecuted. Wow. So you had to maintain a whole lot of these ledgers and books and forms Mm -hmm. which were uh, put in place by the central excise Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So that was how strict the… So at the end of the day, uh, if you grew, if you in a, say in any given year, Mm -hmm. uh, so if you like out of a 50 acre plantation, if you produced about 20 tons. The twenty tons that you sent to the coffee curing works, that you were free to send it to any coffee curing works. It had just had to yeah. be a- it had to be an authorized uh, representative, authorized licensed uh, curing works of the coffee board. Correct. If you sent it there, mm-hmm. now if you sent it there, you sent a lorry loan, which is 10 tons. Correct. Now, as your down payment, you got just what a lakh of rupees. Mm-hmm. That's it. One lakh. Mm-hmm. And then The coffee was supposed to have gone into a pool. It was called the pooling system. Okay. As and when, you know, the sales of the coffee happened, Mm -hmm. when India in those days used to do a barter system with the uh, Soviet Union. Correct. Because India needed uh, aircraft parts. Correct. For their uh, defense forces. Correct. So, what they would do, they would barter. they would send coffee there and get aircraft parts. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah. So, that was so in many ways at that point of time coffee was one of the biggest foreign exchange earners for India. Okay. Uh, although it was just 1500 crores yeah. it was big money in the old days. Okay. Big foreign exchange. Today it's pittance. Correct. It's, it's probably not, not, not even uh, you know you could say a speck in the uh, drop in the ocean hmm. literally. Hmm. So but in those days it was like that. So that being the case uh, you know we were so regulated, there was abundance of labor. Mm. We were, when I, I still remember, when I first started coming into plantation working, mm-hmm. we, I remember we paid a daily salary, a daily wage of, uh, I think, 325, 3 rupees 25 paisa. Okay. A day. That was, I think, around eighty-eight, eighty-nine. Okay. Okay. That's just hardly 32 years ago. Yeah, that's that's when I was born. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, three, rup- 3 rupees 25 pesos percent. was the daily wage, wage. for one labor. Yes. yes. Okay. And that was a norm at that point? Yes. Okay. That, was, that was a, a, a government basic, basic wage. Day wage. Yeah. Day wage. yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. So, because of that, mm. the availability of abundance of labor, and in those days, you didn't have all these small settlements near towns and villages and all that. So, what would uh, people do? you had to construct uh, labor quarters for them oh. and each plantation would have yeah. depending on the size on an average of one labor for every two acres Wow! you know so over here for instance i used to have even up to 120 permanent laborers 120 wow. during the power season it went up to almost 300. wow so that was what it was you know so all your work was done like clockwork. There was no backlog, yeah. there was no delays yeah. in anything. Yeah. So we were looking at very high productivity as far as Indian cons- conditions are concerned. Okay. Yeah. 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 Very, very high productivity. Because we were just able to, even with the pittance that we got from the coffee board. Correct. We were able to manage the show. Correct. Because… Because labor costs were down.
0: Oh.
1: Input costs were down. Fertilizer was subsidized by the government of India. Correct, correct, correct. Subsidies, fertilizer subsidies uh, subsequently were all uh, lifted and thrown out, Hmm. you know. Uh, So all these, what was the cost of petrol in those days? It was hardly, I think, if I remember right, diesel was around two rupees and maybe petrol was around three rupees. Wow. Yeah. I remember when I I was doing, when I studied, uh, I was doing my BCom in Bangalore. Uh, I for uh, 400 bucks I could get uh, a week's allowance of uh, petrol into my vehicle Wow yeah so uh, that is what the cost of fuel was yeah. so if you take that entire uh, situation then it was a lot the and then most importantly your climate
0: yeah. your weather
1: was very good, very, very ideal. You got the monsoon on the 1st of June and it would retreat in the end of uh, September. Come middle of October, you get the northeast. No unseasonal rain, no excessive rain, no, uh, you know, less rain, nothing.
0: Everything was like clockwork. Wow. But, so as you said, so when you are only allowed to sell to these licensed agents, which are basically the curing units, which uh, then goes into the pool. Yeah. So, so does that also mean that at, at that particular point, quality of coffee did not really matter? Yeah, you could say that. Yeah, because yes. everybody is just yes. processing yes. Yeah. quantities of yeah. coffee and yeah. just giving
1: it yeah. to the uh, unit. See, we, in those days, we were still uh, following this uh, the British unit system what was called a bushel. Uh-huh. You know, it was a measure. Okay. We used to use it just for, as a convenience sake to pour it into the baskets. Okay. Like, you know? It's not used as a measure anymore. Okay. It's used as a bucket. So, a bushel had to weigh so much for you to start packing it. Uh, like you know, a bushel of parchment, if the ah. weight came down to around, say, f- uh, 15 and a half to 16 kgs, then you say, okay, the coffee is dry now, you pack it into gunnies. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, if it was slightly higher, say 16 kgs, you'll say, oh, it's got another day to dry.
0: Okay. Just how we measure the moisture yeah. today? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah that. Makes sense. Yeah. So,
1: that was what it was. <coughs> and then there was not much of care that was taken towards the, uh, not the kind, not, you won't say not much. Hmm. You could say, you know, cherry, the natural, what we talk about today we really not uh, very popular. Okay. You, know? uh, you had to do Correct. and uh, you know, for so, like you rightly said, uh, you know, as far as the quality aspects of it, we're probably not great. Maybe not the the most yes, important. Yes. Not the aspect, best. Yes.
0: Right? Yes. How we look at it today. Yes. So like, okay. Yes. And so when it decentralized. Yeah. So. I mean you were not allowed to sell coffee anywhere else, you were only sell- allowed to sell coffee there. Yeah. And… But at that point also did you guys have like different other crops to make or uh, generate yeah. money from? Yes. And yeah. that was not yeah. centralized. Yes. Yes. Like, like for instance,
1: pepper had not even made an appearance on correct, the Correct. That's like way back. Yeah. Yeah. Pepper, I think if I am not mistaken, pepper started appearing in these areas. Uh, you could say in the early 90s. Okay. And what was the price of pepper even in the first 10 years? Mm. I don't think it was more than 80 rupees to 90 rupees a kg. Mm. So nobody really bothered about pepper. Cardamom, paddy mm-hmm. and arachnid subsequently came in. Okay. Be, uh, you know, Subari came in in a big way. Okay. But mainly uh, uh, paddy mm-hmm. and uh, cardamom. And to a great extent, in those days, we also grew a lot of good orange. Okay. Yeah, orange crops were very good. Okay. You know, that's why you may see a lot of the old orange trees. Correct. So, these were some of the things that helped, uh, 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 you know, kind of help you tide over your uh, financial requirements. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other thing was also that uh, if you look at it, um, you know… uh, the, the rate of interest we paid in those days mm-hmm. were so high on crop loans. We were almost 18, 19%. Wow. Yeah. I mean, wow. if I think back, yeah. there is a phenomenal amount of money to pay for a crop loan, you know. Wow. Uh, so, but banks were more liberal. Okay. In the sense like, you know, you would get, uh, uh, like for instance, once uh, your loans were all exhausted, in sense, you get a crop loan, you run the show till what November. Now, before you start picking, you need additional money to run the show. you get more labor to help you mm-hmm. harvest. So, you would ask, you write them, write to them and say again, can you give me a bridge loan? Just for a, a little extra. Just, yeah, yeah, for about yeah, two months yeah, yeah. until the crop comes. And then you pay it back. So, those kind of things were a lot more, were, were, were available a lot more easily. Okay, so yeah. leniency. Yes, yes. Okay. Because one thing is, they were sitting on, your property documents, which were almost twenty times the the value of the loan that you've taken. Correct. So, anyways, they were
0: not at loss. They were totally anyway. secure, yeah.
1: you know. So, they had no qualms about, uh, uh, you know, lending. Mm-hmm. It's only today where because of all these scams here and there, uh, you know, the, the wrong people get all the big loans. Correct. And the people who actually, who are bona fide
0: yeah.
1: are the people who suffer. Correct. Yeah.
0: So, you are making a lot of coffee, you are giving it to the agents, you are uh, growing a lot of other crops alongside coffee. The labor is extremely, extremely cheap at that point, I mean, um, because of the cost of living at that point, how government has put and the environmental weather factor was pretty good. Yes. So everything was good. It was good, definitely. So do you think after decentralizing coffee, yeah. did the challenges go up?
1: See market once the market forces took over, uh-huh. see what, are, what has also happened is if you look at the, the GDP of India, mm-hmm. how it grew substantially. Mm-hmm. So what happened is the disposable income in the hands of uh, uh, you know people who lived in rural India. Mm-hmm increased tremendously. Correct. So, you ha- you definitely saw a big shift hmm. in the socio-economic pattern. Correct. Like people who could not afford, I'm not talking about, uh, you know, guys who owned uh, land, I'm talking about the daily wage laborers. Correct. You know? Yeah. The daily wage laborers okay. could afford a lot more. Correct. You know? And so once that… You know you saw it it's a kind of a ripple effect mm. you know this led to that that led to something else so once the coffee prices uh, started going up and then you saw this you know very slow migration of rural youth towards cities mm. you know cities big towns Correct. you suddenly were left with not very uh, uh, become a you know a large pool of laborers who were available in these areas. Correct. Who so, want to work uh-huh. at the plantation? Yes. Yeah. So what what were you were you left with? You were left with, left to compete with your neighbor. Now, hmm. uh, if you pay ten rupees more, you'll get more labor. That sort of a thing.
0: Correct.
1: And uh, the other thing also is, you saw a drop in the efficiency of labor. Aha. Uh-huh. See what. What a laborer mm-hmm. who was paid a daily wage, uh, three rupees a day. Mm. Now, he would probably bring in those three rupees worth of work in a day. Correct. As, you know, things got better, mm. the productivity fell. Now, to even get 50% of worth of what you pay, mm. if you are getting 50%, you are a lucky person uh-huh. in, 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 a, in a plantation trade.
0: Wow. (laughs) So, uh, so currently, uh, we have, so the entire market is based on the C price, uh, as people talk about, and you go to coffee board, you can check the C price there. What is like an average C price currently for Arabica and Robusta? Average? Yeah, abruptly. Uh, If
1: if I can say it in... uh uh washed coffee terms of say like say washed arabica mm-hmm. uh it is around uh, uh 20000 between 20 and 21000 for 100 kgs for
0: 100 kgs yes that's 200 rupees a kilo yeah okay um and so this is 200 rupees a kilo so let's yeah. say let's say let's Take a take a hypothetical number yeah. for now, which is an average 200 rupees a kilo. Yeah. Uh, during or before the uh, decentralisation of coffee, yeah. what was like a price for coffee that you got from the government? <laughs> I think we got about 10 rupees. 10 rupees a kilo. Yeah. yeah. So 10 rupees a kilo. Yeah. To now 200 mm. rupees a yeah. kilo. Yeah. yeah. So ten to two hundred, that's that's a huge jump. Yeah. Okay. Now I just want to put it in perspective. At that point, yeah, the cost of labor was three rupees and twenty five yeah. paise That is one third of per kilo yeah. cost of coffee. Yeah. Now the labor cost is approximately how much?
1: above your cost of production. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which does not make sense. right? And uh, and and subsequently the cost of coffee is not increased. Yes. Yes. And people already have a thought that you know coffee is expensive but actually it is not even covering the cost. So it's
1: it's the it's not the grower who's making the money. Yeah. Definitely. You know it's uh, all the intermediaries who are so there was in fact uh, a year ago there was this big uh, uh, push uh, especially in the ICO where a lot of the governments were saying now you know big roasters worldwide uh, even uh, coffee chains should And must start supporting a higher price for coffee. What, what they would? What I think it's called uh, uh, fair price. What is it? Uh, Fair, fair trade price. Fair trade price. Fair trade and so yeah. Exactly. So to give back to the coffee growing community Mm -hmm. by way of buying at higher levels. You know, you don't want the under because after all, at the end of the day, it's a beverage which everybody wants in a day. So there was this big push, but. Unfortunately, I don't think the, you know you know how it is when it comes to these sort of things, you know it it, it, it to get everybody on board is the most difficult thing, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, when you are a corporate, I don't know how you if you can look it in those the same eyes
0: of uh, you know it's <laughs> difficult very difficult but yeah. yes I mean it is it is definitely a, a very big challenge. Yeah. Uh, as as a younger mm-hmm. self. So, I would probably, I I don't even think if I can imagine, but imagine when you were younger, probably uh, a little older than a kid or probably in the teenage, uh, you would still be surrounded with coffee in all of the places. And at that point, when you were uh, a kid or a teenage uh, living with your family, was the situation similar? Like, was it like so competitive? Was the life... Stressful? Was it not stressful? No, I don't think so. No? Mm -hmm. Was it way better? You could say
1: it was more, you know, everything was, you know, very set. Plan. You know, everything happened like clockwork. Okay. You know, you really didn't go too far. But the other thing also, we had a lot more time to do a lot of other things other than just coffee. Correct. Like if I look at it, my family had a lot of uh, paddy. Okay. Okay. Now if I think back and I say to myself, uh, how would the hell did we manage to do do paddy, to cultivate it and then to harvest it and to go through the threshing, yeah, Yeah? Yeah. with the kind of labor that we had. But we still managed it. We still managed our coffee cultivation, harvest everything yeah. and then we finished our uh, uh, we, Okay, pepper was negligible. Yeah. Uh, other things like uh, cardamom and uh, oranges and everything. That basically it was the availability of labor, Correct. you know. Yeah. So, it is just that, that this labor has been weaned away from plantations because of the 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 people uh, you could say that strata of society are no longer willing to you know do that kind of backbreaking work or correct just that the urbanization yeah. took over yes yes yes, yeah. yes.
0: Correct, yeah. correct 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 <laughs> what is it one thing that you missed the most uh, as a kid uh,
1: it was uh, definitely uh, paddy house time yeah yeah. It a very interesting time. I have always told uh, Pranoy, uh, you know, when uh, when you did your paddy harvest. Before your paddy harvest, what you would do is, if you have a rice field, uh-huh. you would uh, empty out the water. Correct. So you you do it when the paddy on the rice stalk has matured. Correct. So how you do it is, you take a grain out, mm-hmm. and you just in, feel it. Mm-hmm it should not have any liquid container, that's maturing. Correct. Now to, to accelerate that maturing process, you would drain out the water, which is, you know, paddy's waterlogged. Correct, right? correct. So you drain out the water from the paddy field. Mm. And now as you're draining out, we would get these small fish. Mm. In here they were called marali mino. They were okay. very, it was almost like thin, small things like yeah. that. Yeah. And these guys would put baskets to catch them. Uh-huh. So that was one thing because at that time of the year we used to have aki rotis and that fish curry. Oh, nice. Okay? And then the nicest part was after the harvest was over and the, the, uh, the rice was cut mm. and then it was all transported to this field mm-hmm. and then you have, you would have the threshing, you know, right. where you segregate the, the paddy from the stock. Correct. You had a tractor going around on it. The evening, the people who do it, they were all local guys, you know, they were not, uh, you know, they were all specialized in only in doing this. They would come in the evening, every evening to take their uh, food for the night. Uh-huh. So it, there used to be a nice uh, sambar which okay. was made. Uh-huh. And I used to love having that sambar with the rice they, my <laughs> mother <laughs> would make for them. Nice. Very simple but very tasty. Yeah, yeah, I sure. used to go with them, okay. sit on the haystacks. Yeah. And there would be a fire burning, yeah. and everybody would sit around the fire yeah. and have, uh, that you know, yeah. Central yeah, rice yeah,
0: somewhere. Yeah,
1: yeah, small nice. rustic nice. thing it is those things are all gone <laughs> <drawn laughs> in a distant memory now,
0: you know. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, how do you see the, the current and the future of coffee plantations in the country?
1: It is difficult, no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, especially Arabica. But um, I have always been very, very optimistic about Arabica. Mm-hmm. Because although you hear all the doomsday stories about Arabica, I, I still feel, you know, there are certain uh, varietals of Arabica which will be found to be resistant to stem borer. Mm-hmm. Yes, there will be incidents of stem borer. And uh, also, you know, you have to play around with what you have. Mm -hmm. Weather's being one thing. And then, so you have to, you can't do your shade lopping like how you did in the old days. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want a fantastic pepper crop, you lop everything. Then what happens? You get a good pepper crop, you won't have any coffee. So it has to be a very judicious mixture of everything. So you need to apply your mind to it. Uh, but then at the end of the day also mm-hmm. there are times when you say that, you know, God I've tried everything like for instance those rains that we got over 4-5 mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. Now what can you do? Yeah. You are just helpless, Correct. you know, in the, in the face of nature. But you go on, you say let's hang in there, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and say that, you know, there's, there will always be a better tomorrow. And mm-hmm. I have hope. Yeah. That uh, you know, Arabica will 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 be there. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, okay, last few questions. So one of them you did mention uh, a couple of times, this that. So when we talk about shade-grown coffee, okay, when we talk specifically about the shade. So I have read it. I know there is something, some terminologies like there is a primary, secondary, and a tertiary shade. Yeah. What does that mean?
1: See, basically, now if you look at, uh, especially areas where you don't have silver oak, mm-hmm. okay, you may have a few, but if you look at the uh, indigenous trees, mm-hmm. like what we have here, especially in our area, you look like all the fig trees, okay. like you have the jamunia, the mm-hmm. nandi. Now, if you look at the canopy, mm-hmm. they are all at... 50, 60 feet plus. Correct. All right? Yeah. Now, you have certain species of trees which defoliate in summer, mm-hmm. some which don't defoliate in summer and which defoliate only in the monsoon. Mm-hmm. So when you have that, you need to have something to allow some of the sunlight to penetrate through the canopy into your planted area. Mm-hmm. Th- then again, what happens is certain times of the year you could have you know, uh, temperatures on certain days just going up. Mm. So, what happens is that mediocre shade, mm. which is of the height of, say, uh, between, say, 8 to 15 feet, mm. that definitely helps maintain to soil level uh, ground uh, ground moisture, oh. you know. Retain, uh, retention of ground moisture is very important to mm. robusta, especially, okay. you know. So... And the other thing is of course (coughs) your lower shade which creates again a microclimate. Correct. But what happens is now the uh, microclimate uh, creating plants that we have are all hit by bison over here. Mm. You know, so we hardly have any of that. Mm. So, it's basically this… we have just a two-tier shade pattern over here. Okay. And I… I… I I quite frankly, I uh, feel that it's very, very essential. Lot of people go in for heavy, heavy shade lopping just to, um, you know, uh, increase their uh, pepper productivity, but I think it's very, very dangerous uh, because uh, if you're a robust planter, fine, you can, because the number of trees, population of the uh, the trees is a lot less, but if you're an arabica planter, and God forbid, if you have an off year with the monsoon, you're in for deep trouble, you know? Yeah. so you know, you need to be very, very judicious in your thought process Okay, as far as that is concerned. So, shade
0: lopping is basically when you are cutting the shade off or when you are making space for… The yeah. Tree.
1: What happens is if you take a regular tree, mm-hmm. it does tend to put out a lot of, you know, uh, uh, branches mm-hmm. which are at the lower part of the main canopy, correct, which you, you can take off, correct. You know? And just what we keep what we call as the crown uh-huh. you know we it's usually three branches or four branches which, is which supports the crown the top crown yeah correct so you'll have all these that are growing like this so yeah. you just chop this off okay. but there are certain areas where they take off one limb completely i i i personally feel that time is gone you oh. can't do that anymore okay. you know you're just inviting trouble onto your so it's uh, better probably, to have... A good yeah, shape yeah, values, 100%. Like, yeah. Okay. I may people may say that uh, you're being too cautious and all that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, your coffee plants are like your planted missionary. Correct. Now, if your planted missionary goes, where's your production going to come from? Right? Correct. Yeah. So, you can have your planted missionary. Uh-huh. Okay. You can work it at 50% capacity, uh-huh. meaning your production is down. Correct. You're better off than not having that plant,
0: missionary, right? Correct. Because and so, I mean, so having shade is very important because you know coffee is there, and you have to make sure that you nurture the coffee. Now, the one thing that you had mentioned, uh, I think you had mentioned with kaveri, um, when explaining that caveri tends to have this yield of fruits, which is more like you know less one year and more on the other year. Is this what you call as bumper crops? Could be
1: and could be not also, because in the old days, when, like I said, when the weather was more, uh, you know, what you would say, very predictable, not like what it is today. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so uh, you would have, in, I still remember as a, when I was growing up as a young boy, I would hear my grandfather telling some of the staff mm-hmm. to knock off some of the buds from young plants.
0: Okay.
1: Basically because uh, the the thought process was that you don't stress out a young plant. Correct. You should let it grow come of a certain age before it go, comes into bearing or we let it go into bearing. Correct. So if you had a bud you would have lay leave labor to just take off the bud to ensure that it didn't uh, blossom. To, correct, yeah. Correct, correct. So why I said that was that uh uh there were certain years mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, you, it could be varying factors. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, of course, most of these areas here were not irrigated. Mm-hmm. and were never been irrigated for the Blossom Shah. Correct. Your Blossom Shahs happened on time. Mm-hmm. But in, there were certain species of Arabica which had a biennial uh, cropping pattern. Okay. Yeah. So, one year high, or one year Not, high. yeah. You couldn't say low. But one but year is, say, yes. regular and then yes. the other year is Yes, higher. correct.
0: So, th- so when, when somebody says next year is going to be a bumper year, yeah, that means there is an expectation that most of the plants in this particular farm yeah. are going to give more than regular yield yes, the yes, coming year. Yes. So, this is normally either uh, looked at the buds yeah. and spoken or it is looked at the yield that is given in the current year. Uh, yes, that's Correct. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is that is one thing that I think a lot of people would not know, but that is… Um, okay so if you if somebody was to take up coffee planting as his or her main career choice okay in the the current scenario what would be the top two or three advice that you would give
1: see first and foremost since the nature pays plays such a huge part Mm -hmm. and especially in a country like India Mm -hmm. which is totally dependent on the southwest monsoon Mm -hmm. <clears throat> for uh, most of the agrarian areas mm-hmm. uh, in India, mm-hmm. I would suggest that person first look looks at the rainfall pattern starting from the month of January mm-hmm. right after December.
0: Okay.
1: You know, look at the history of the rainfall in that are area. Free. Okay. And the other thing is, the first rains of the if he's not able to just say if he doesn't have a stream or a river or a tank mm. now in a year where uh, you're not like don't get your summer rains on time mm. now you need to induce flowering mm. now you have to irrigate Correct. now where you're going to get your water from is something that you need to no. know all right you can't just say okay it's going to rain sometime some point it's going to rain no no you can't do that anymore Right, especially in an area where you are going to go in for a new plantation.
0: Ah, okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. So, just say like you said, okay, Nagaland. Mm. What is the rainfall pattern? Correct. When does the monsoon set? Yeah. When does it uh, kind of retreat? Mm. And what are the mean average rainfall of every month? Okay. Is you have to do a study backwards of say at least 20 years? I feel. To understand. Yes that is one of the most basic problems okay. uh, issues that you have to th- think about the other thing is your elevation hmm. now you any any coffee which is which you would call as good coffee can only be grown at 2400 2500 feet above maximum sea level okay. never below that okay below that you may get something but i don't think it'll be the greatest coffee Okay. Alright. Because Ele- that's how coffee yeah, is. Yeah. So yeah. Higher the eleva- Coffee and tea. Yeah. Higher the elevation, the better the quality. Alright. Okay. That is another thing. The third thing is the soil of that area. Now, there are a lot of areas, especially in the Northeast, which have a lot of good volcanic soil. You know, red soil, which is, red soil is the best for any, any crop. Correct. Correct. Now, you need to know what the kind of soil. Composition. Is, composition is in that area so i think with these basic things and uh, also you know other uh, of course subsequently the availability of labor as how you going to train your labor to you know go Do about what it, yes so but these i think these first three things what i mentioned would be the most important okay. Uh,
0: yeah okay okay any about you apart from coffee is there any other or you have any other interest or passion? <laughs> uh, because as a, as, a, as a third, third, fourth, fifth generation, normally you are born into coffee. You are yeah. so consumed in doing coffee yeah. uh, that you only have probably one or two other interests or passions. So, what about you?
1: Yeah, I've uh, always played a lot of sport, mm-hmm. uh, but in the last uh, ten years, due to so many injuries that I had, mm-hmm. I I was a I was a fairly good. Uh, badminton player. Mm -hmm. I went up to state level in Karnataka in college and then subsequently after my badminton career because my injuries are over I took up golf uh, more seriously. Okay. So golf is a hobby uh, that I like to say that I'm fairly alright. I'm not very good at it. I'm I'm good at it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So that is one thing Uh and the other thing is uh, you know uh, all of us, Prashun, Pranoy, and me, we've always been very uh, keen about fishing. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that is one thing that I would like to do probably is go to uh, the north, Ramganga oh, nice. river, and do some masir fishing yeah. at some point of time. Wow. You know, that is uh, because is, is, there, is
0: that is that something also that you did when you were younger? Yeah, yeah. I did
1: because. Uh, I did have a lot of uh, family who were very keen uh, anglers. Okay. So we used to fish in rivers, and uh, in fact, we used to go to now what is a very high security area, which is the Joke Falls. Uh-huh. You know? Correct, correct. correct. Uh, Downstream Jog, upstream Joke. Up joke. Yeah. Those areas you could just go and fish. Now yeah. you can't go anywhere, you'll get shot. <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> you, you'll get arrested, you not shot, you'll get arrested <laughs> because uh, you can't step in there. Correct, correct. So, you know, and then we were, we all grew up with these stories of Jim Cobbett and yeah. all that. So, I've read all these stories about his uh, escapades in, uh, you know, uh, the Kermon Hills and, uh, uh, yeah. you know, in Nainital uh, and all that. So, those areas are something that one day before I'm not, now, if I'm not too old, yeah. I would like to go and probably... <laughs> Do a fishing trip somewhere there, like, nice. you know. Yeah.
0: So even in fishing, I, so I remember last time that I was here, uh, we had a talk. So there are two types of fishing, is it? One is angling yeah, and the other is called fishing, is it?
1: No, it's actually, basically it's just sport fishing. Okay. Now, if you're doing sport fishing, like if you're fishing for bigger uh, the species like the masir. Mm-hmm. Masir is a uh, indigenous species of India. Mm-hmm. It's only found in India, it's not found anywhere else, okay. Uh, okay. And uh, in the north, you have the golden mass here, Mm -hmm. and the south, you have the regular big. But they grow up to sizes of almost uh, 150 pounds and all that. Of course, yeah, a lot of it, unfortunately, you know, they've been dynamited and, uh, you know, you don't get the big... But I've heard of stories where, you know, people have caught big fish. Now, when you go for that kind of sport fishing, what you do is, if you do happen to catch a fish of the... You catch it, you take it out of the water, you take your photographs Mm. and you let it back into the thing. Now, you have other kind of fishing where you are just fishing for smaller fish, Mm. which is like, which you want to eat. Eat, cook and eat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that is, that is, uh, you have to be really very, you need to have a bit of knowledge as to what you should do for such fish. Because it's not as simple as just, casting and you, you 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 know you may have a pond full of fish yeah. but they'll never bite correct, so correct, you need correct. to know what to put in there to reel it in uh-huh. so it's a very tricky thing but uh, it's also you know you, you could say it's very therapeutic yeah. you, know? uh, you need to have a lot of patience and it 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 helps you you know revitalize yourself nice. yeah
0: is it I mean so I know like I've, I've done angling or uh, one the angling, the type of fishing that we spoke about just once in my life uh, yeah. when I was in Kere, uh, last. But the regular fishing that we say which is done along with a family, uh, does it look like how we see it in the movies where you are sitting with a bear in your hand and you're like, you put the, uh, you've casted your uh, uh, fishing net or the pin or whatever it is and you're just waiting and you'll get one Big fish in the end of the day. No. Something like that.
1: There will be days when you will get nothing. <laughs> you know, so it's the pleasure of just being in the outdoors, yeah. just being by a riverside, yeah. and the peace and quiet, yeah. and the pleasure of just casting that uh, fishing line into the water, yeah. and maybe even you know sometimes you get nibbles. Yeah, like you, you know, it's it's there, it might, but it you know come. you can feel it in your hand. Yeah. So those are small thrills, you know, yeah. that you get. Yeah. Of course, the, the biggest thriller, of course, if you happen to, but there are many, many days where you will not get anything. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it's not for the uh, people who say that, uh, you know, oh yeah, I'm, it's, it's a useless sport. It's Nothing so, happens. Oh, no, whatever, yeah. no. You have to. Just
0: like coffee, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, thank you very much for uh, speaking with uh, speaking with me for this episode. I had a lot of fun, a lot of knowledge that I got. Uh, thank you very much for speaking My
1: pleasure having done this, uh, Vinny, and it was a pleasure hosting you here. Uh, you. Wonderful uh, knowledge and also that uh, whatever you have been able to uh, share and associate with us yeah. has been a joy for uh, Pranay <laughs> and uh, thank you for Taking so much of your time to be here, and uh, we look forward to having you here again whenever you please do come down.
0: Definitely, whenever you can. Definitely, we'd love to have you here again. Definitely, thank you very much. Bye. Thank you. you. So, yes, that was it from this episode as well. And uh, this was the end with our discussion and our topic uh, with uh, Mr. Ajoy from Keri Haklu. I hope you guys enjoyed it it was a lot of knowledge Uh, i personally enjoyed a lot it is one of my really favorite episodes i hope you guys enjoyed it i hope you guys are enjoying the content in general if you do have feedback please feel free to write back to me and remember let's make coffee simple